This is episode 11 of Cinescope. And no pattern on my quarter. Cut your own path. Welcome to Cinescope, where our goal is not to criticize or to assign ratings, but rather to celebrate the movies we love, exploring story, characters, music, and relevance to the world around us. I'm your host, Chad Hopkins, and joining me today is my friend Lauren Allen to talk about one of our favorite films, The Way Way Back. Lauren, how are you doing? (laughs) Good, how are you? I'm doing great. You're laughing because we've been sitting here having a conversation for 10 minutes because we're sitting here looking at each other. Yes. Which is awesome. Uh-huh. We're having eye contact. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's not a thing that happens all the time. And so I'm glad to have you here. Me too. Glad to talk to you for the first time in a long time outside of Twitter. Yes, that is so true. <laughs> we didn't talk much in high school, but we definitely talked through Twitter. Right. So how about you tell us a little bit about yourself? Right now I'm going to UNT for film. Specifically editing It's something I really enjoy. I love talking about films. I grew up kind of realizing that's weird. I know a lot of John Wayne movies and musicals that other kids don't. And I really think my parents were kind of showing me movies that maybe a lot of parents didn't. Mm -hmm. Well, cool. Glad to have you here and talking with you about one of my very favorite movies. And I think it's one of your favorites as well. Definitely. Well, uh, before we move on to that movie... Just a quick reminder, we just started an October 2016 giveaway, so there's going to be more details at the end of this episode. Stick around for that, and you'll find out how to enter the giveaway for a free movie. And now, let's talk about one of my favorite movies, The Way Way Back. It was released July 5th of 2013 and was directed by Nat Faxon and Jim Rash. This was their directorial debut. They had previously written and won the Academy Award for Best Adapted Screenplay for The Descendants with Alexander Payne. The music for this film was composed by Rob Simonson, who also composed a few films and did some additional music with Michael Dana, and also composed the scores for Girl Most Likely, The Spectacular Now, Foxcatcher, The Age of Adeline, and this year's Nerve. This movie stars Liam James, Sam Rockwell, Steve Carell, Tony Collette, Anna-Sophia Robb, Allison Janney, Maya Rudolph, Rob Corddry, Amanda Peet, and our directors, Nat Faxon and Jim Rash. So Lauren, what was your first experience with this movie? (laughs) I actually had a few people telling me to watch it. I'm kind of a hypocrite when it comes to that because I will force my friends to watch movies and make them love it. (laughs) And when they tell me, oh, watch this movie, it's really good. I'm always going, yeah, when I have time, (laughs) it's the worst. So I kind of had a stressful semester and I was kind of finding ways to avoid it. And I was watching the movie channels and it came up and I said, okay, distraction. I loved it. I loved the simplicity. It was such a feel-good movie, especially Mm -hmm. to the end. And every time I ended it, I would restart it and watch it again (laughs) because I just, I couldn't get enough of it. So, yeah. When I first saw it, it was the summer I caught a lot of like early screenings for free, which was awesome. And this was one that I went into knowing nothing about. I'd maybe seen one trailer. And so I basically knew that Steve Carell was in this movie. And that was the extent of my knowledge. (laughs) Yeah. And so I went and saw it. And, you know, I remember walking out of the theater after that screening. And I thought, you know, I like that. Mm -hmm. It was good. And then the more I mulled over it, it was like, wow, this is good. This is really good. And so I proceeded once it actually came out a couple months later, I took a friend to see it and I paid for him to see it and for me to see it. (laughs) And then I went and saw it again with other friends so that they could see it in theaters too. And then when it came out on Blu-ray, I bought it first day or pretty soon after. And like you, I probably watched it three or four times in that first week. 
I think I watched it so many times on the movie channels. My mom would come in going, you're watching it again? <laughs> I thought you were watching it just two hours ago. And I don't even know how many times I rewatched it until I went to like Target and actually bought it. <laughs> That's awesome. I just, I had to have it. What I like about this movie, I think it sort of turns your expectations on its head because you see Steve Carell and you're like, oh, this man, this is going to be a comedy. It, it's gonna, right. Yeah. Because by the time this movie came out, it was only a year or two after he left the office. He hadn't oh. moved on to his more dramatic roles at this point that we've seen in Foxcatcher. And uh, what was the one that just came out earlier this year or last year? I could not tell you. I remember he also played that serious role when he was the dad with the daughters and his wife had just died. Yeah, I can't think of the, no, the role off the top of my head, but I know what you're talking about. So, I mean, we hadn't seen very many of those dramatic or especially not almost evil roles from yeah. Steve Carell before. So, from the very start of this movie, seeing that he's not this comedic character that we're used to him really sort of flipped all of my expectations that I might have had on its head and set me on a new journey. It's almost immediate. Mm -hmm. The second he's on screen, which is kind of weird seeing him very tan. Right. And... <laughs> Bearded. Yes, and you're just kind of going, oh, that's Steve Carell. And just immediately the things he says to Duncan are awful. I think that's mm -hmm. what intrigued me instantly was, am I allowed to ruin things? Yeah, oh, okay. this is completely spoiled. Okay. <laughs> the second he says, I think you're a three, I remember just watching going, oh, my God. <laughs> and I remember just that was kind of what hooked me. And I wanted mm -hmm. to keep watching, first seeing Steve Carell in such a nasty character. And... I don't know, seeing this kid in a position that he didn't want to be in. I think maybe the first time I saw that scene, I had a little bit different interpretation. I think the first time I thought, you know, it's not the nicest way of putting things, but he convinced me that he was trying right off the start. Mm -hmm. I, he, he sort of, I could see that he was trying to be this new father figure in this guy's life, in Duncan's life, and was trying to help him realize, you know, put yourself out there more, be, be more of a person. empathy. Right. And... <laughs> We, of course, from there, that's the nicest he is right. throughout the whole movie. He he gets worse and worse and worse. Maybe there's a few times, but I feel like all I could see was you worried your mother again. You mm -hmm. concerned your mother again. But I don't know. It was still this weird, passive aggressive, just, oh, I hated the way he always talked to him. Right. And so this movie is a very basic coming of age story. It's conventional in a lot of ways, but I wouldn't say it was ever boring or old hat or mm -hmm. anything like that. I like the sort of newer setting. You don't see a lot of coming of age stories at a water park in this beach town. <laughs> That's very true. And so that offers the chance to introduce us to a lot of cool different characters. And you've yeah. got Lewis who keeps promising that he's going to leave, but he, he mm -hmm. can't just do it. And you've got Roddy who is the master of the slide. And then of course, you've got Owen who's the manager and Sam Rockwell delivers an all-star. He is always side splitting performance. So what else do you have to say about the story? The ending is everything to me. Mm -hmm. I love the end so much along with the music. And just the second that they're leaving the house, everything that happens between then, oh, it's so relieving and happy. And you kind of get the ending you were hoping for, but it's even better. Right. The title doesn't actually have any real context until the ending. You yeah. start off and he's sitting in the way, way back of the station wagon. But I mean... What context does that have until yeah. the very end when his mom joins him? And you can see the difference between the very beginning of every, uh, his mom and, oh, what's the girl's name? Steph. Yeah. They're asleep. Mm -hmm. And he looks angry and he's just sitting in the back. And then the very end, Steve Carell's still sitting there and he's deadpanned. Oh, yeah. The same as he is in the beginning. And yet 
he's sitting in the back. He doesn't necessarily look angry. He kind of looks like, I did it. This was the summer. And his mom is just sitting there going, what am I doing? Right. What have I been doing this entire summer? And then she joins him and there's that moment between them that I just, I'm obsessed. It's like they're talking with their eyes. Yeah, Tony Collette does some incredible acting oh, yeah. right there because like you were talking about, Steve Carell's completely deadpan mm-hmm. in that scene. He's total lack of empathy. His girlfriend is having this huge internal struggle yeah. right next to him and you see the internal struggle. And just like you were saying, oh man, what am I doing? My son is sitting in the back of this car. I'm sitting with this guy who just cheated on me mm-hmm. and what am I doing? And so you see that struggle. He's completely ignoring it. And as she crawls to the back and she's sitting next to Duncan, she shares this look with Duncan that communicates everything. It's very much a mom and son kind of communication of almost like an apology, Mm -hmm. forgiveness, and just being like, we're moving on. Right. And then the the movie ends with them just sitting there together, smiling out the back window. They have this look of relief. Mm -hmm. And you just have to hope that when they get to their destination, they're they're gone. Like, (laughs) Screw you, Steve Carell. (laughs) Goodbye. Yes. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that last scene. The comedy in this movie is like next level comedy. I don't don't like a lot of straight up comedy movies. I like movies that identify as something else but have comedy elements to them. Mm -hmm. And so going into this, and it's sort of more of a coming of age drama kind of thing. But then you have Sam Rockwell just busting a gut every time he says a line. Everything he says in this movie is hysterical, but he also brings some of the most real grounded, poignant moments to the film too. I think my favorite characters are definitely the comic relief. Owen, Lewis, Peter. I love Peter. Peter. And Betty. Yes, because I feel like I wrote down Betty because I was also thinking she makes me laugh so much even though she's so flawed Mm -hmm. and crazy. Mm -hmm. I don't know. By the end, she still has this effect of she grows this love for Pam. I feel like you can even see it when she's leaving. She's like, you are amazing. Mm -hmm. You are. (laughs) Right. You don't need this person to make you feel that way. So she even has her more poignant moments because I think that that goodbye to... Pam at mm-hmm. the end is really a self-assuring moment for her and sort of leads to that ending you were talking about in the car because she needed that. She needed that sort of pick me up and to say, you are worth something mm-hmm. and you are not what this guy sees you and the way he treats you. Yeah. And it's a great moment between the two of them. But on the polar opposite side of things, the very first time we see Betty at the very beginning of the movie oh, is one of the most hysterical <laughs> moments of the movie where, oh, I'll press my laundry. Oh my God. Awesome, Janie. The second she starts laughing, I'm like, oh, I know who that is. Right. And she's so crass and silly and you're kind of going, oh, God, she's that neighbor. (laughs) When they come out, they go, don't don't make eye contact. (laughs) Right, Trent even has that reaction. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I love that by the end, they kind of grow this relationship with each other. But Owen, he's definitely the character I feel like grows. Not only Duncan, but I feel like Owen grows through the movie because of... Caitlin. Yes, absolutely. Maya Rudolph's character. Yeah. And... That's another thing I like. I feel like there's a lot of people in this movie that are quite famous, but they don't have these big roles where it's all about them. And I kind of like that even though she's in it, she kind of causes this change in Owen that he realizes that his jokes and the way he handles the park and the way he handles his life isn't Mm. always funny. Right. And since we've talked about characters a little bit, we can continue building on that. Both Duncan and Owen have this really strong character arc throughout the film. And going back to Trent, Steve Carell's character, he sort of has the opposite arc. Absolutely. Uh, And I I really like that parallel as we watch each of these characters sort of evolve and devolve. He just never changes. He's constantly just, it is really weird seeing him 
as Steve Carell being mm-hmm. just this guy who makes excuses for the things he does. Mm-hmm. And he's a coward. Completely. And he blames others and he uses mm-hmm. others clearly as Owen says, you know, that's all him. Right. That's what he sees. And he's just projecting on other people. I feel like in the end when they leave, I think Steve Carell still thinks that he has her. Mm-hmm. Everything's fine. Yeah. yeah Whatever. Just, <laughs> oh, just we're going to forget what happened the other night. I'm like, oh, okay. Right. <laughs> Let's start works. over clean slate. No, yeah. that's not how it mm-hmm. works. Let's talk about Duncan specifically. Okay. Because I'd, I'd never heard of this actor before. I think he maybe had a couple small bit parts before this. And since he's been in the family TV show that I think was on maybe ABC Family last year. But he is just the most delightfully awkward child of all time. And I think there's something in Duncan for everybody to identify with, whether it's social awkwardness or whether it's problems building relationships with a significant other or parental issues or anything. I think there's so much in Duncan to identify with, no matter what spectrum. His awkwardness can't help but put a smile on your face. In the Mm. beginning, it does make you feel a little uncomfortable. You're kind of going, okay, things are awkward. He's grabbing his mom's butt and they're all just watching. And you're kind of feeling awkward as well. But the second that I feel like that dancing scene, Mm -hmm. it's completely awkward. But everybody's laughing. Everybody's Mm -hmm. smiling because he finally feels accepted. Mm -hmm. He can be who he can. And I I mean, surely I can identify that being... Mm -hmm constantly trying to cover up your feelings and just feeling angry and his awkwardness. It shouldn't define him in a way where people are like, oh, that's the awkward kid. Don't talk to him. It should be, it's his quirkiness. It's who he is and Mm -hmm. he shouldn't have to change for anybody else. Right. And it's not using it as an excuse to isolate yourself. And that's sort of the moment, the dancing in the water park where he, well, first off, Owen's the one who forces him to do that. Yeah. He definitely breaks him out of his shell completely. Right. So he's given the opportunity to put himself out there and to sort of not isolate himself. The best part is he never walks away. It's not like he's standing there going, no, I'm not doing this. Mm -hmm. He's like, oh, I got to dance. Okay. Uh, Okay. (laughs) (laughs) He's just watching going, you don't have to. But it's so great that he never has doubt and Owen that that's who he is. Yeah. So he starts off with this sort of isolation and he's awkward and he's borderline or more depressed. And he's just having this the awful summer. And so by the time that movie ends, we see him off at a really good place where he's he's gained friends. He's gained his mother back on his side in the way, way back of the station wagon. And he's got a water park's worth of friends. And he, he's just had a heck of a summer, despite the drama that's happened with Trent. He, he's just had a, a really good time and made friends for what feels like the first time in his life. Even though we haven't seen much leading up to this, he's just in such a good place by the end of the film. I didn't think about that, that he didn't really have much friends, I guess, because you just see him and Mm -hmm. you don't really think about other people back at home. So it definitely seems like that whenever he felt lost and he didn't know who to talk to, he immediately went to Owen because who else would listen to him or understand him, he felt. Right. And even at the start of the film, we learned from Trent that he's happy to just sit in his mom's apartment and not put himself out there. And so... It's funny, Owen and Trent, or at least Trent at the start of the film, sort of give him the same advice. Put yourself out there Mm -hmm. and don't be content to just sit by yourself and not do anything. But it's the approach that... It's a very degrading way of just... Mm -hmm. You're a three. Yeah. You're a lazy bum and you do nothing. Mm -hmm. You you know, you can go outside. Right. Kind of thing instead of Owen being, you know, 
making comments of whenever he says, I wish I could stay here forever. He's like, oh yeah, the winters are great. <laughs> and he has the sarcasm to him, but it's not mean or aggressive where if someone says it, you're kind of like, okay, calm down. He cares. He doesn't always put on the joke with Duncan. He eventually kind of opens up. Right. With Owen, I think what's great is that he, he never talks down to anybody. He treats everybody as his equal, which is why he has some of the more crude moments with Duncan and some of the other members of the park. Yeah. And speaking of, we talked about how he has this growth too. We talked about how he's very irresponsible and sort of a kid. He's a kid. I mean, he's very much a kid. That's the biggest subject Mm -hmm. in here of adults acting like kids. And the girl says spring break for adults. And, you know, these adults are at least not Owen, but all the others are all smoking pot and getting drunk all night, staying out. And then the kids are waking up and Duncan's cleaning up their dishes. and Right. Duncan feels the need to be the parent in the situation. Exactly. And he, even for a second when he thinks he can spend time with his mom, they leave. And and I, I definitely agree that Owen is very kid-like. And mm-hmm. I feel like Caitlin's definitely the one trying to say, aren't you tired of always acting like a kid? Yeah. I'm tired of being this person around yeah. you and trying to hold you accountable when you should be old enough to hold yourself accountable, Mm -hmm. especially if you're the manager of this water park. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Um, One of my favorite scenes with him is when she says, we've got a situation over by the tubes or whatever. And he says, is it a homicide? (laughs) Yes, it's all. I've been waiting for this day. I knew this day would come. (laughs) He he, he deadpans a couple of scenes really, really well. Another one that made me laugh a lot the first time I saw it was when he said, I need a hero. He's got to be strong. I, yes, when I watched it too, and I was so angry that the kids didn't understand it. I was like, guys. You're all dead to me. Come <laughs> so on. Yeah. Right. I you, mean, even his jokes with the uh, three kids that come to the park all the time, mm-hmm. they killed. They were so hilarious and just all of his jokes, especially about the passing of the water slide. Those scenes where he's more real and grounded with Duncan are definitely some of the best of the film. Where, well, the first one, the first time we really truly meet him is, hmm? yeah, the Pac-Man scene when he says, cut your own path, no patterns on my quarter. And that's the first time we meet him. The first time Duncan meets him, it's sort of a really throwaway scene. There's no guarantee that we're going to see this character again. He says that quite a bit through the movie. He always says like, no patterns, no rules. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't like rules. And because he explained that that's how his father was. Mm -hmm. He says, you can't buy into that crap. Yeah. Right. You got to cut your own path. And the first time we hear that is at a Pac-Man machine. He's still preaching <laughs> it at the kid. end of the film. It's, it's like, great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is why I think he does connect to Duncan so well is because he does understand where he's coming from. And, you know, maybe at the beginning of the film, especially Owen's sort of on the same plane as Duncan, as far as maybe his, well, clearly his relationship with his father wasn't the greatest thing ever either. And so he understands where Duncan's coming from and the right words to be said because they're probably the words that he wished had been said to him when he was a kid. Absolutely. The empathy he has for him and the way he talks to him, which I definitely think all of us have experienced. Mm -hmm. Experienced people saying something a certain way, but when you find somebody says it right, you hear it better. You hear it in a way where you say like, thank you for being kind and understanding me in a way that maybe other people didn't try. Mm -hmm. They just thought, oh, I'll tell them and they'll do it. Any other characters you want to talk about? I love Lewis. I mean, he's the... Right, uh, he's one of the directors. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I, I forget that all the time because I've seen him in such an odd characters mm-hmm. in movies and TV shows that seeing him... And I think when they won for Descendants, I remember watching it, and when he walked up, I was like, oh, that's that guy? <laughs> I've seen him in the weirdest things he writes. 
Right, that's actually Jim Rash. Yeah, I, I, yeah. and whenever he was in this, I actually had no idea that he wrote this, which mm-hmm. is so funny. I love seeing him in it. Even the scene when he's leaving, and he has this like sly comments. Mm-hmm. And he said, making out with his mom, and he said, <laughs> I have two dads in your face. <laughs> like, it makes me laugh, or even when he's leaving, and he puts a towel on him, he's like, oh, where's this been? <laughs> he just, he's definitely a comic relief I really like. My doctor said I shouldn't get water on my face. And you work at a water park? (laughs) Especially the very end when he's still there. Right. That pan, just to him, I I love it. (laughs) Yes, I'm still here. Yes. (laughs) He's good for sure. And uh, Susanna, I mean, she's not an all-star actress. or She's not given the opportunity to be an all-star actress, really. I think she's just a really good grounded character for Duncan to latch onto. And a person there who... At first, she sort of shies away from Duncan just because he is so awkward. But she realizes yeah. that, you know, I'm not going to be talking to any of these other teens out here because yeah. I, I don't identify them. They're, they've got the Girls. right. They've got the spring break attitude just like our parents do. So she says, you know, maybe I'll give this awkward kid a chance. And they end up forming a really strong friendship and more. Yeah, I like that she also came in a way of Owen. She tries to comfort Duncan that he's not alone. Mm-hmm. We're all kind of feeling this, and this area sucks, as she says. Right. It sucks. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, and both of them have just experienced divorces with their parents. They're, they're yeah. both sort of experiencing the same thing. Hers is a little bit different because her father left her mother for another man. She seems to still have this close connection to her father. And Duncan wishes he still had this close connection with his father. <sighs> yeah. Right. So there, there's that parallel. he thinks he does. Mm-hmm. Like, he thinks that him and his dad, you know, once I stay with my dad, things will be better. Mm-hmm. Just so heartbreaking. Yeah. When Steve Carell just thinks he can say what he wants and personal things like that, which is that. Oh, I hate that scene. Yeah. Just everything coming apart and him using it against him because he revealed something about him. That's a really trashy moment, particularly trashy moment for Trent. Especially um, when he acts like he's going to go attack him. Mm-hmm. Done. Right. I'm <laughs> done. Mom, you should have been absolutely done at that point. Mm. Something I've noticed with this podcast is that it makes me watch even the movies that I've seen many, many, many times with more scrutiny than I ever had. (laughs) And in that particular scene where Trent reveals your dad doesn't want you, kid, Mm -hmm. there's this huge struggle on Duncan's face where he's trying to keep his composure. And you can see he's really, truly fighting off tears. Yeah, Yeah, I I had never noticed that before. And it like destroyed me last night. It was was so sad. Yeah, because... As if this man hasn't kind of broken him enough, maybe mm-hmm. not openly, but slowly, emotionally, one by one. And he just mm-hmm. destroys him the way he, he's had this idea about staying with his dad over and over. And especially knowing that his mom knows that he's been saying it over and over and she hasn't told him that. Right. You said something that made me think, you know, I didn't realize, but Trent really does sort of chip and chip away at Duncan throughout yeah. this movie. He starts off, you're a three, then it's unload the car. We all have our responsibilities around here. Now put your plate away. We all have responsibilities around here. Oh, and then the, uh, wear the live vest oh, on the, on the boat. He said a comment where he said, oh, people don't have to worry about you. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and so he has all these little moments. And all of a sudden, that scene when it's revealed that Trent has been sleeping with Joan while dating his mother. And he and just like he's been doing it every summer. Right. And he just like demolishes this wall that was the rest of Duncan's yeah. confidence in that moment. And so he reaches out to the only person who's given him the time of day that summer, which is Owen. Mm-hmm. And that's a really fun scene. And you can tell Owen knows. Mm-hmm. That's some of my favorite part is that Owen 
constantly has this look on his face like, you want to talk to me? Like, mm-hmm. you can see he knows, but Duncan, you know, there's people around. He's like, no, I just wanted to hang out. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I mean, could you agree that in a way it's a fatherly figure? Oh, yeah. Owen is totally a father figure for, yeah. for Duncan. This may not be as, like, definitely, like, well, he's my dad, but just a man in his life that cares. and Right, and is there for him yeah. in a moment where he needs him. I have to mention, like, I think this is one of my favorite scenes is when Duncan passes Owen on the water slide and they're all out and they're all having fun. And then when Trent comes up and Owen steps in front of Duncan, Mm -hmm. that part, I'm always just like, yes, (laughs) he's protecting him. He's blocking him from this man who's emotionally abusive because he knows. He knows who this person is because he's experienced it. And he's like, no, you're not touching this kid. You're not coming anywhere near him. I'm a close friend of the three. Yeah. Like, you're not going to damage this kid any more than you already have. Don't. And, and it's revealed how much of a coward Trent is in that moment, too, yes. because he, he doesn't put up a struggle at all. It's just like, okay, this guy is standing between me. I'm not going to, I'm just going to walk away. Yeah, I'm not yeah. going to put up a fight. And the moment he walks away and Duncan walks up to his mom, if you look at Owen, he's just staring him down, walking mm-hmm. away. Because so I guess protective. he's just, yeah, and also just familiar, just mm-hmm. going, still people like you around. Right. Yeah. And his mom has that realization of, what kind of summer he's been having and that he he needed that. He needed also time with his mom, and I think she's... Mm-hmm. And another thing I realized was a moment when Owen tells his mom that you've got an incredible kid here. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's probably one of the first times she's ever heard that. And she right. knows it, but I bet you anything. Trent never said that. You know, he didn't have anybody else saying it. And she has that moment where she's like, I do have an incredible kid. Right. And nobody else has said this, especially Trent. Mm-hmm. And the lead up to that moment, he, she's followed Duncan running into this water park. She sees the employee of the month sign with Pop and Log. What's Pop and Log? Yeah. And then he gets down the slide. He's past Owen. Everybody is cheering for her son. And then you've got a hell of a kid. Yeah. A hell of a kid. And I mean, it's just a great moment. And she, mm-hmm. that, that whole buildup, you're right. It does help her to realize, wow, what have I been doing yeah. with my son this summer? Like, I, my kid's here and he's amazing and I love him and I'm with this man who doesn't treat him the way he should be treated. Mm-hmm. And I know nothing of my son's life either. Like, yeah, he's done this true. completely behind her back because and she just she, keeps, he can trust her. True. But she also just in a way ignored it, I guess. You know, he's angry. Leave him alone. Also, you never know what Trent said to Pam while he was gone. If she was worried, was he just going... He's fine. Right. I keep wondering that. I always wonder what happened whenever he was gone and what was happening at home. Because I really, slowly I feel like Pam becomes more and more aware of what's happening, especially in the scene when he's gone and they make dinner and she chooses to be on the outside of the table Mm -hmm. instead of Duncan. And then they help her clean up. And like she's asking the daughter about her boyfriend and things like that. Mm -hmm. I'm sure Trent never does since his daughter just steals beer right in front of him. He doesn't even notice. Right. Yeah. It's seeing a dysfunctional family go from a lot more functional by the end of the film. Yeah. With with, uh, Pam and Duncan, for sure. Any other characters? No, I think that's good. I feel like I've covered so much. (laughs) Well, how about the music? You know, for me, I'm always the score person. I I like listening to the, the instrumental music. But this is one of those rare films where I love both the score album and i love i love the soundtrack album i think every single piece of the soundtrack in this movie is so well used you have mr mr you have in excess you have a lot of indie groups that 
fit really well into this film, but the music is just so on par the whole way through. I totally agree. Also, I didn't know that Rob, is it Simonson? Rob Simonson, Simonson, either way. I had no idea that he did the music because this is silly, but I think one time I was watching a commercial and Apple commercial came on and this music started playing. It was just a simple piano and I was, I was obsessed. I kept going, I need this, I need this. And I looked it up and it was him Mm -hmm. and he writes some of the most beautiful music. And I thought about that too, because the instrumental that plays throughout is so good. It is. So simple and I, I really like it. The music is great. I'm not going to lie. I haven't heard the entire soundtrack, but the soundtrack is something I realize the most while watching. I hear it like a new song or I recognize something that plays perfectly with a scene. My two favorite are definitely Alone by Trampled by Turtles and Power Hungry Animals by the Apache Relay mm-hmm. because it's the very end, of course, and I've talked mm-hmm. about how much I love it, but they play so well with the feelings going on and the way it starts picking up, the more Duncan starts to pick up and when he starts running. Mm-hmm. And in the very end where it picks up again when the mom's kind of climbing over. Oh, I always get mm-hmm. like chills because it's, I really like it. Um, and it also kind of reminds me of boyhood in a way. The certain music that they pick, it's just, I don't know, it's not overdone or overthought mm-hmm. out. It works so well, which I just think, God, I hope I have that kind of luck someday. Right. It's definitely not over soundtracked no. where they, they pick these songs that people would recognize maybe a little bit more, but would just be so out of place. Yeah. The most recognizable songs on here are the ones that I mentioned, which are Kyrie by Mr. Mister and uh, New Sensation by NXS. And outside of those, I don't really recognize too many of the people on the soundtrack. You've got Robert Palmer with a song. There is a song that was played that honestly, I had watched the movie a million times. And then one day I was, I I find that when I show movies to other friends, I notice things I didn't notice before because I'm Mm. more like alert. Right. I guess more of going, are you watching it? Do you see this scene? <laughs> and a song came on and I remember sitting there going, oh my God, I know this person. And it's Ben Queller, mm-hmm. whom I love. And it was just certain words he said. Mm-hmm. And I remember going, how did I never notice that before? And yeah, I, I the soundtrack's fantastic. Just every time playing, I guess we could say, I can't fight this feeling anymore. <laughs> oh, of course, that one yes. too. <laughs> <laughs> Probably mentioned that one. And like you said, the the instrumental main theme, the ba da dum bum ba da da dum. Also, like a few times, he's just walking through the house and mm-hmm. looking outside, and just moments of pause and moments of thought. Mm-hmm. It's a really lighthearted score. It's very, mm-hmm. it's not heavy on the ears at all, but it does have its moments of drama too that really accompany the scenes in which they're appropriate. Yeah, very well. Um, not really an inception. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, I, I wasn't very familiar with Rob Simonson before this, but looking at some of the stuff, I mentioned he's either done additional music for or stuff like that for Michael Dana films. And in that capacity, he has done additional music for Surf's Up, 500 Days of Summer, Moneyball, Life of Pi. And so wow. it's only been in the last couple of years where he's no really idea. come into his own yeah. and uh, done more solo projects. And I think it's a great direction for him. Yeah, absolutely. So how about we talk about the relevance and the sort of themes of this movie? A lot of it just comes from Owen. I mean, he's the source of a lot of the growing up from this movie. There's, of course, the follow your own path that we've talked about. And there's also, even though he does realize that there's an extreme to this, 
don't take life so seriously. Have fun sometimes. The first time he approaches Duncan at the water park, he says, uh, you're going to have to leave. We've gotten complaints. You're having way too much fun. <laughs> and, and of course, Duncan's sitting there in like, jeans oh, at a water okay. park and he's just sitting at a picnic table. He's genuinely and- going to leave when he tells right. him. Right. <laughs> That's multiple times where Owen says, are you for real? Right. Do you not get comedy? Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Take everything literally. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, there's that aspect. And at the same time, we learn with Owen that there is an extreme to that. There are moments when you have to grow up and be an adult. And he teaches that to Duncan when he says, you know, I sort of draw the line at sunrise the next morning. You do need to go back to your family and sort of face your problems a little bit. Yeah. But before he does that, he sends him with wisdom. And uh, I think that's a great moment from him in which he is realizing, you know, I have learned over the course of this movie that I need to be more mature and I need to take responsibility for my actions and do my job. And now I'm passing that on a little bit to you. Now that I've learned my lesson, you need to go and go live your real life rather than your summer life here. Yeah, there's definitely moments of Duncan running away. I mean, clearly the entire time he's at the water park, he's avoiding everything. But even in the beginning when he would just stay at the beach and waited till the light turned out, Mm -hmm. he's just avoiding all this like contact or looking at his mom and Trent. Mm -hmm. And I think it's also in a way Owen's kind of being like, be better than him. You see the way he treats your mom or treats you. It doesn't have to be like that. Right. Don't let him win. Yeah. I think a lot I picked up also was kind of a sense of settling. And the way his mom says, you know, sometimes you get scared. And I think there's a fear of being alone. And I think even Susanna says it that her mom mostly so angry at her dad because he's got someone and she doesn't. And there's another huge line of being with somebody that is not only hurting you, but hurting your family. And I've seen that plenty of times of it affecting them, but they don't leave. Because they're scared of being alone or scared of what might happen. Mm-hmm. I definitely think that's something his mom realizes of going, why am right. I doing? Why am I doing this? Why am I hurting myself and my son? I think that part of that moment of realization at the end is what am I doing with this man? But what am I doing not with my son? Yeah. Because maybe she's lonely and she's seeking somebody to have companionship with. Mm-hmm. And obviously, maybe she wants somebody more romantic in the end. But for now, she has her son. She has yeah. her family. And she needs to latch onto that before she doesn't have that. Yeah, because there's that moment when they're having the picnic kind of in the backyard and she says, come sit by me. And he says, really? Like he's excited. Mm -hmm. He wants to hang out with his mom. He hasn't hung out with her at all. And he goes to get his food and she's like, oh, we'll be right back. Mm -hmm. Or even the moment where they're dancing in the living room and even though it's with that creepy lady that Trent was cheating on. They're having fun. Like he's dancing and they all are and Trent turns off that music. Right. He's staring and he looks like he's just going, he's hating this like happy moment. And you see that a lot. There's not very many times where his mom's actually saying, hang out with me and be with me. Well, I mean, it's a family vacation. That's not including a whole lot of the family. No. (laughs) Even just the rainy day scene of the (laughs) tough candy land. Everything's kind of falling apart by then. Yeah. In the beginning, they're happy and they want to be alone. And you're kind of going, well, why don't you go alone somewhere? <laughs> you're bringing mm-hmm. your whole family along who you're neglecting. 
And so there's taking responsibility as an adult, but there's also putting yourself out there and taking chances. Yeah. And also finding people who make you feel accepted, who you feel that you can be yourself with. It takes a long time to find those people. Right. I feel like we've all experienced that. You know, you're kind of trying to find the right person you want to be. And then eventually you're kind of going, what am I doing? Why am I trying to be all these people when I can just be myself with the people that accept me for who I am? Well, the end credit song is called Go Where the Love Is. And that's sort of the, the whole message, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? It's go with the people who make you feel loved. Yeah, who make you feel happy. And, and you make them happy, too. It's mm-hmm. not just one-sided. You're kind of carrying each other through everything. It's a mutual relationship. Yeah, absolutely. Then, of course, there's just the whole concept of the way, way back, which we've talked about. We see Duncan, he's isolated, he's by himself, he has this terrible relationship with his mother because she's in this terrible relationship with this man, and by the end of the film, that's completely switched. Even in the beginning, there's this kind of a moment, I don't know if I'm looking too much into it, but when they're at the light and Owen pulls up and they kind of make contact and he's kind of avoiding, and then they go separate ways. And there's kind of a moment where you think he's going that way. and. Mm-hmm. I love that we meet Owen a couple times before we actually meet Owen. Yeah. And he's still got that character where you're going, who is this guy? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. Well, cool. Any other relevance or themes or anything like that? I don't think so. (laughs) Okay. What about final thoughts just about the movie in general or anything we might have missed? I just think this is such a feel-good movie. It is. I don't think you could find somebody who doesn't like this movie, really. I I agree. I've met a few people where, see, now I've learned that if I watch a movie too much and love it too much and people say, oh, I want to watch it with you. I go, no, you don't. (laughs) You get to watch it alone with your own private area without me being crazy, making sure you're seeing every scene. Mm -hmm. But each time I've loaned it to someone, they're always going, that was really good. It's just, it's a nice thing to put on and watch and you don't have to feel anxious or nervous and so feel good. Um, It's a little frustrating just every time it it turns on the screen and I feel like it's a relief that, we leave with Duncan. Mm -hmm. We're not around him all the time because we don't want to be around him all the time either. Right. And it does have that happy ending. Yes. It's a a coming of age movie. A lot of those don't always have the happiest of endings, but this one does end on a positive note and with hope for the future and stuff like that. And when I took friends to see it in theaters, there was one uh, in particular who was like, man, I love that movie. (laughs) It's always a good feeling. There's just so little to not like in this movie as far as like the actual movie goes. Obviously, you don't like Trent Mm -hmm. or you don't like Joan, but those are parts of the movie that as a whole is very, very good. Yeah, in the end, you definitely find out about everybody's characters and who they are. I Mm -hmm. feel like a lot of people in the beginning are putting up a front and they're being somebody they're not. And then slowly it chips away at who these people are. And that's always interesting. I still just every time the ending happens where it's quiet, they're not talking. Mm-hmm. And the music is just, it's so loud and they're speaking through their eyes and they're just having this conversation and like just the relief and you're just going, yes, <laughs> yay. <laughs> and even though you don't see the end, you just, you have that hope that you know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. That, that, that they kind of going, from well, what's going to happen? You're not kind of sitting there going, you kind of have this relief that this mom and the son is, they're going to have a different relationship now. Which is like you said, it's a really good feeling knowing yeah. that and expecting that. And, um, I never get tired of this movie. No. Like we've both admitted to, we've watched it multiple times in a week or even a day sometimes. I think for a few months, it was a repetitive thing where my friends were going, can we watch something else? (laughs) You kind of replay it. I'm like, can we just have it on the background? (laughs) Well, sometimes there are those those things that are just so comforting or Mm -hmm. 
Sometimes things that you can you, just put on in the background. You need those movies. Mm-hmm. There's there's days where you're just going, I need I need comfort. I need good music. I need just to watch something that's silly for however long it can be. And it's really nice. Just mm-hmm. the comic relief in it is pretty great and it's not overdone. I really like that. Yeah. So any other final thoughts? I don't think so. We covered quite a bit. We did. I just want to reiterate one more time. This is one of my all-time favorite movies. I don't know if I could quantify like a number as far as my ranking goes, I'm but it's just at my ranking. Yeah, it's just <laughs> probably top 10, I would guess, but in general, it's just a movie that I love. Yeah. And I don't feel like I need to rank it against anything to justify no. that. Absolutely. I totally agree. <laughs> well, cool. And with that, that is the end of the official 11th episode of Cinescope. Thank you for being here, Lauren. Of course. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I was I was excited to message you and yeah. <laughs> t- I, I wanted to talk about this movie and I messaged you and I said, you know, this is you're the first person I thought of. Well, when I remember I said I the to. first time I think I tweeted it, you were going, did you like it? <laughs> Isn't it amazing? And yes. I was like, yes. <laughs> and so I, I was glad to get you of all people to, to be on <laughs> this show you. with me and talk about it. Now, contact for this episode and for this podcast, you can go to facebook.com slash Cinescope podcast or at Cinescope Pod on Twitter. Please rate and review on iTunes and email feedback and ideas and talk about co-hosting to the Cinescope Podcast at gmail.com. And one more time, there is a giveaway that's going on this month for the month of October. If you leave a review on iTunes, then you'll be entered into this giveaway for a free movie, any movie we've talked about and we'll talk about up to the end of October. And if you share it on social media and tag me or tag the podcast, then you get a chance for an extra entry and hopefully you can win a cool movie. Maybe it's this movie. I'd love that. (laughs) Now, Lauren, where can people find you online? I guess I'll recommend my Twitter. It's Mm -hmm. just at Lauren with three R's. Great. And the best place for me is also on Twitter at Chadadada. That is C-H-A-D-A-D-A-D-A and on facebook.com slash chad.hopkins. And those weirdly spelled things, all the show notes, contact info can be found at thecinescopepodcast.com. And that is all for this week. Yay. Thanks again, Lauren. Thank I'm you. so happy to talk to you about this. <laughs> Me too. And it's just been awesome. Thank you, everyone, for listening to episode 11. I'm Chad Hopkins. This was Cinescope, and we'll be back next week with episode 12. Have fun and celebrate movies. <laughs> <laughs>